and it's Dubois racing into the zone, looking to cut in. Dubois from a sharp angle, he scores! Now springing free is Dubois, trying to break in and does, fights off the jack, what a goal! Dubois jams it to the front of the net, and the Leafs, the Leafs give up a second goal here early. Heading to the net, Dubois, Nyquist, Dubois scores! What a great play! Jackets off the wing, Dubois scores! Dubois scores! Loose puck in the slot! Full stride, Robinson cuts to the net, Dubois scores! Great work there by Foligno, away goes Dubois, Dubois cutting in on the wing, Charette tries to get back, Dubois, the backhander, and scores! Oh, for sure, Gord, it's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, back with you here for Season 3, Episode 10, we're calling this one The Sharpie, aka Patrick Sharp, a few honorable mentions, uh, some legendary number 10s. There's a lot of great hockey players out there who wore number 10. We're talking Dale Howarchuk, Gary Roberts, Essa Tikkanen, John LeClaire, The Flower, Guy Lafleur, you know, Ronnie Francis, uh, Pavel Bure, a couple guys before our time in uh, Alex Delvecchio or George Armstrong. Lots to choose from, but I'm going with Patrick Sharpie, number 10 for the Chicago Blackhawks. I always really liked his goal celebration. He scored some big goals and his goal celebration was very low key and casual. I really liked it. So anyway, talking hockey, the hockey talking show season three, episode 10. Here we go. Now co-host Tom here with you streaking down the wing. As always, I got co-host Randy. How you doing today, buddy? Doing great. And you know what? You totally ca- caught me off guard with the Sharpie pick and that's fine because the Winnipeg jets are dedicating the whole season to Dale Howarchuk and as much as he deserves it, that's great. But Patrick Sharp is another. Uh, actually, you can call him a local legend, I guess. Some right. people, some people do, and some people don't. But I think that's a great pick. Obviously, like you know, if you think about Sharpie's game, those classic uh, moments with the Blackhawks winning all those cups, and now he's uh, turning into like a media superstar over that's there. That's right. He's NBC uh, Sports, NBC, and very, uh, very handsome man, fitting in pretty good over there on the TV. Uh, so uh, we got faces fit for radio here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. And uh, we've got special guest Jared McKediak of uh, UMFM here to join us on today's show. Welcome to the program, Jared. Hey, fellas. How's it going? Top we're, notch. We're doing Top great. notch. Thanks yeah. for joining us, man. Yeah, hey, thank hey. you for joining us. Uh, yes, of course. returning guest we've had you on a couple times before and it's always a pleasure to talk hockey with you and And, actually uh, asterix one of the only guests to be in the underground bunker only i think only him and uh, matt nightingale were in the bunker that's right yeah um yeah like so uh point of reference here it's february 12th i believe it is uh yes February yeah. 12th. Yeah, the 12th. I wasn't sure if it was the 11th or the 12th, but <laughs> here we are, February 12th, and we're recording uh, via the internet over Zoom. And uh, yeah, I kind of missed the old uh, talking hockey bunker, but uh, you know, pandemic style, we're we're doing the Zoom thing, and uh, it's working out, you know, just fine, I think. But uh, you know, we're all in our respo- respective uh, hockey bunkers, so. Um, yeah, so today, on today's show, we've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk some Jets. We're going to talk some Ulf Samuelson. There was a little bit of Ulfie talk last week, but we're going to 
carry it on because why not um and later in the show we are gonna go over our top five 90s locker room jams or rink rockers i guess you might want to call them yeah like the songs that you'd throw on before the game you know you're playing bantam or peewee or midget whatever you were doing back then uh, those those five songs that would really get you and the boys going uh mm-hmm. from the 90s and chances are they are still applicable today because there's nothing else like 90s music <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's true it's true in the, in the 90s there was a lot of music that i hated that i now look back on or hear now and i'm just like so nostalgic about it and i'm like yes this fucking rips like, <laughs> <laughs> just like I don't know, dance music or whatever, you know, but uh, yeah, so we'll have a little segment later in the show about uh, our top five rink rockers, if you will. So but to start the show off, as per the usual, uh, we like to uh, crack into our, our beers, our craft beers. I didn't say local craft beers because you never know where the boys are going this week. Uh, we We have in the past kept it extremely local for craft beer selections as in local as in uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba. Um, but, you know, we've, we've gone to Minnesota with a, a flavor here and there. We've gone to the, the Yukon. Um, so today I'm actually just going to go to the exchange district of Winnipeg and I got myself a little brown jug. Uh, this is the golden ale. It's a tasty honey uh, infused belgian style ale um hey and they they've modeled the can after the vegas golden knights helmets <laughs> that's right shiny <laughs> gold can just like those buckets the golden knights were wearing last night if you didn't have you, see it have you had that one i have had this before so I'm, i like it i like yeah, it and i like yeah. the can yeah i'm uh i'm a fan of it for sure so that's what i've got today it's a 6.5 golden ale belgian style tasty yeah, what are you uh, what are you rocking today, Randy? Yeah, so as you mentioned, we've kind of gone off the map, Minneapolis, Yukon. So yeah, the folks at Talking Hockey HR are really, really clamping down on me. I got a letter in the mail this past week with <laughs> with all these out of town beers, so I had to I had to go local. And uh, actually, uh, Jared and I have the same same beer this week, so I'll, I'll let oh. Jared do the introduction. Uh, so it's uh, the newest entry. Uh, in the uh, Sukram's beer canon, uh, it's uh, it's a brand new India Pale Lager that just came out today, called Majestical. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, super excited about it. Six percent alcohol, and uh, I can. I I really uh, I think that Sukram's does a really really good job with their little descriptions on the side of the can. Okay, so would you be? Uh, would you do the honors of reading it for us? Sure. It's uh, hoppy, fruity, crisp. Majestical is an India pale lager brewed with topaz hops from Australia and kohatu hops from New Zealand. The beer is balanced between the lightly fruity flavors from the hops and the bready flavors from the malt. So we've got fruit and we've got bread, which... Uh, two of my favorite things yeah. <laughs> in a beer which is absolutely one of my favorite things um, yeah and it's it's dedicated to the cloak of the sky 
I don't know if all Sukram's uh, beers are dedicated to the cloak of the sky or just this one. I don't even know what the cloak of the sky is. Nor do I, but... uh, But it doesn't doesn't get any more local, really, for uh, us Fort Rouge guys here than than Sukram's Brewery, so kind of uh, a good choice there with HR breathing down your neck, Randy, to go uber local i suppose you would say um yeah also my car wouldn't start so i had to go somewhere that was very close (laughs) there you go yeah well as as the listeners may or may not know uh winnipeg is in a deep freeze these days and that's how i chilled my beer today i just put it on the front step for 10 minutes and it's ice cold so let's crack these bad boys and uh get into some hockey talk here (sighs) refreshing that's a good I should also mention this is another installment of the talk and hockey hockey talk and show happy hour uh so it's Friday post work um and nothing like cracking a beer when you get off work and talking hockey with the boys so let's uh let's get right down to brass taxes and um get some impressions on last night's Winnipeg Jets victory over the Ottawa Senators they took the game 5-1 uh, they were severely outshot in the first period. Connor Hellebuck made all the saves. He was so close to getting a shutout. And uh, in the third period, Josh Norris spoiled his shutout, attempt, um, shutout bid or whatever, I guess you would say. And uh, But overall, the Jets looked pretty good, I'd say. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the, the Jets' most recent effort? Well, it was it was pretty interesting, as you mentioned. You know, they got outshot almost four to one in the first period. Uh, Ottawa really, really came out flying and 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 really took it to the Jets. Um, you know, it's obviously it's game number two with with uh, PLD in the, in the lineup, and they kind of went with a different look last night, um, going with eleven forwards and seven D. Uh, kind of had me scratching my head. Yeah, when, it's the first uh, time they've done that this season. We've yeah, seen a couple other teams do it. Tampa kind of does it. Toronto's mm-hmm. done it this year. Probably mm-hmm. some others, but first time yeah, we've seen the Jets do it. And and so I was kind of scratching my head, and then realized that that the sort of the impetus for it was because it was Tucker Pullman's first game back since the first game of the season, uh, coming off uh, about with uh, with the COVID, and so I guess not knowing how he's going to perform, where his conditioning is. It's nice to have that extra D in your back pocket. Um, yeah, I mean, it was interesting seeing the, the sort of the line combinations versus the game against Calgary. And I mean, um, you know, some things started to gel. And obviously, you know, they had a dynamite second period. They came out flying, scored eight seconds into the second period. And, and then uh, Mason Appleton, uh, picked up another goal. He's been on such a great run for them right now. I think probably playing his best hockey as a Jet thus far. Um, did Appleton score? Did Apple? I think Appleton. Did Appleton get the second one? Uh, well, he, uh, no, he set up uh, Stasny's goal. Appleton set up Stasny's Stasny. goal, the one that was eight seconds in, and then I think the second goal was. Oh no! Sorry, the second, the second, the second goal. No, it wasn't Ehlers. It was Demello, but Demello. it got it got changed to Ehlers today. Actually, I think because okay, it right, and then and then the th- and then the third one was uh, uh, Wheeler on the power play, and then, then uh, Perot got one, and yeah. then Pionk to close it out. 
Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, it was kind of nice to see some guys like secondary guys. scoring, I guess. You know, it wasn't Kyle Connor, it wasn't Shifley, uh, you know. Uh, and some guys some from the, the point, guys. some guys from uh, from the point chipping in too, which is always good to see too. Yeah. Yeah, the Jets actually have amongst the fewest uh, goals from defensemen this season so far, um, at least in the North Division. I don't know about the whole league, but yep. they've only had, you know, maybe three, four goals from the Blue Liners so far. But, uh, yep. you know, that that's kind of – it doesn't really matter if you're winning and you're getting some depth scoring from your other forwards anyway. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it was inter- it was interesting because if you're going with the four sets of wingers and the centermen are doing the double duty, you're going to get a bunch of different looks. And it didn't just it didn't it didn't didn't seem like there was any sort of rhyme or reason. You know, back in in the minor hockey days, we used to have a similar situation where we had two true centers and three sets of wings, and it just kind of mm-hmm. sort of dropped down, and it was just kind of a regular cycle, right? But they kind done of done that uh, a lot of Caressa Steel, and I'd be like, I don't know, like because I play center, and then next thing you know, I'm hopping over the boards every other shift, and it's like I do not have the conditioning for this, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but good times, yeah. Randy, yeah. did you? Uh, what did you think of the the win last night? What was your main takeaway? Uh, again, like. I guess it's a classic case of the Jets not playing a full 60. Um, and you, you saw that in the first period. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, you know, obviously kept them, kept them in the game after that period. And, but it just kind of <clears throat> made me think, too, like, uh, you know, Hellebuck hasn't been playing great if you compare him to last year. Uh, and I haven't really looked too far across the, 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 the North Division but I wonder, like, how good are each of the goalies from the other Canadian teams playing? Because if you look at the top 10 scoring or even top 25, there's a lot of guys from the North Division. So sure. sco- scoring is up in the North. So goaltending is obviously down. Um, the if you, top if you... five teams, goals four, are from the North Division right now in the whole league. So then you got like they're they're not only are they scoring goals but they're getting scored on so if you yeah. think of like edmonton calgary vancouver ottawa and winnipeg are probably all in the mix of letting in the most goals um you know but really like how how good um how good are any of the goalies playing in the north like probably probably this- not that great but like in yeah. hindsight it's as long as they're playing good enough I was looking at this earlier today. So Winnipeg is, if you sort by goals uh, against per game, because there's such a discrepancy of go- of games played across the league right now. So I did goals against per game, and Winnipeg is 15th, right in the middle. Uh, and it's like 2.65 or something like that. And they're in the top... I think they're fifth in goals four per game or something like that with 3.6 or something like that. So, you know, they're, and they're plus minus in goals is plus 11 right now, as in like total goals scored versus goals against, but yeah, like a 
goalies in the North Division, they've got it rough, man. You're going against Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, Matthews. Uh, Marner, like, Tavares. Yeah, you got so many deadly offensive weapons in the North Division. But I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say that with Hellebuck, the Jets are in probably uh, the best position of all the North teams in Nets. Markstrom in Calgary has also been really good. But like... Carey Price has not been great, you know, so far. He's got about a 900 save percentage. The goalies in Vancouver, Holtby and Demko, the, the Canucks have allowed all. the most goals by far. Ottawa's not been hot in nets with Hoglander looking completely lost and Murray Wait, looking Matt okay Murray looks, at times. He looks terrible for the most yeah. part. He's looked okay in a few games. He Those so first two goals others. were his yeah. fault. Like, he should, like, that, that goal when Appleton went and got it behind the net and put it out front mm. to Stasny, like that was all on Matt Murray, just looking confused. Yeah. He went behind the net to play it. It bounced over a stick, kind of a l- unlucky break there. And then couldn't quite get set in net or something, but yeah. And then like Toronto, Freddie Anderson, like he plays the majority of the games for the Leafs, especially with um, what's his nuts. Out Campbell. With the injury. Campbell, Campbell is out. And, uh, and Anderson's been good enough. You know, um, I think his save percentage is only like 909 or something like that. It's not great, but, you know. Um, it's 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 interesting because, you know, you look at uh, on paper, you know, you could you could argue that the North Division has uh, th- three top five goaltenders mm. tradi- traditionally, right, in, in Hellebuck and Price and Markstrom, you know, based on it on on last year, um, you know, Edmonton has kind of been a black hole for goalies as of late. Vancouver is definitely struggling this year, and I mean Anderson, you know, he he was passable last year, but I mean, if he chose to talk to a Leaf fan, which I don't know why you do that anyways, <laughs> but but you know, they they lots of complaints about Freddie Anderson. He was um, the only reason they were even in that series against Columbus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Anderson's been the Leafs MVP the last year or two. This year, I don't know that he's – it seems to me, like, in that the Leafs have maybe tightened up defensively. They, they yeah. seem to be looking a little bit better there, for sure, but – so but, uh, one of no. one of the one of the things because I saw that, that, like in a discussion in this hockey forum that that I'm I've been on quite a bit is that maybe not that the goaltending has been horrible, but the defensive play, the defensive core for yeah. the six or seven teams in the North traditionally has been pretty weak this year. And I mean, you know, you look at you look at the Jets for instance. I mean. There is nobody there. Uh, as much as I would love to say that Josh Morrissey is a is a bona fide blue chipper defenseman, you know I don't think we have anybody who is that Alex Petrangelo or well, certainly not the John Carlson that type, right? And the the, Jets D the, I think has been overperforming their expectations to start the year though. Like they've not looked bad. Like um, I think you could probably find fault with any of them like uh, you look sure. at um Derek Forbort he played the most minutes of D last night against mm-hmm. Ottawa and 
you know, he's actually looked really good. He's blocked a bunch of shots. Yep. His plus minus is good. Um, he's got a few assists. He scored a goal. Uh, you know, he's been that sort of net front presence to get to clear the the way for Hellebuck. His fault, I think, is his foot speed. He often gets turned around and guys yeah. blow by him in the neutral zone. You know, but he's got Pionk on the other side who's hopefully able to cover or whatever. But, you know, there's – I don't know. Like, I really like Nathan Beaulieu's game. He's played a whole bunch of minutes for the Jets so far. Mm-hmm. He has just, I think, one assist or something to ca- to show for so far. But, you know, he's he's been physical. And, and sometimes I think, you know, and like Stanley, he's no points on the board yet or anything, but like – He's looked good, I think. And like sometimes with a D man, if you don't notice them, that means they're doing good. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, think, I, was, I think, I think Pionk's been the Jets' best defenseman so far. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I would just, agree with that. Just, just overall, I think he's looked great. Like, again, like Morrissey should be the best player. Again, it just, to me, it seems like there's something, I don't know, is he still tired? Is he not being used? whatever properly or however but like if you think about like the peak josh morrissey it was when he was beside dustin bufflin and jacob truba so Mm -hmm. is that like the missing piece like do the jets need to add that one guy that could then jump up to the top pairing and then everyone goes down a spot and like that's where morrissey would thrive like is he a ideal number two guy and you need a number one guy yeah um like that's what like it just He's he's on the power play. The Jets power play looks great because you got Wheeler, you got Shifley, you got Connor, you got Stasny, all guys that can shoot and all guys that can pass. And you you could probably put like me up there on the point and I'd probably get a point every other game. Mm-hmm. Uh no knock against Josh Morrissey, but um I don't know, like it just seems like he's not quite the Josh Morrissey we've all known to you know, after I think the past there's more to seasons. his game that we yeah, haven't there, seen. There's yet. there's more yeah. to come, but maybe it like it needs to be unlocked with with someone, you know, next to him. Like he's a yeah. more of a tandem instead of like a someone who can take over a game like Drew Doughty uh, on their own or or you know in his prime or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, Jared, like you know, obviously we got to get your take on on the PLD and Patrick Line and and Roslevic trade yeah. it's 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 still it's still new newer for us here in winnipeg because pld's only played two games yeah uh mm-hmm. you know they've already gone through a few games in columbus and they've had you know point streaks and and benchings so a, a <laughs> lot a lot a lot going on in columbus compared to here where we've only had the two games so it so maybe initially like patrick liney was like he's an icon he's an iconic hockey player like a lot of kids are drawn to him because he's flashy he's got personality and now it's like now the jets don't really have that type of player anymore so you know what were your thoughts on seeing him go so i'd probably get roasted in this town for saying this but um never my favorite player um you know i don't know if it's because i've always gravitated towards the sort of the lunch bucket, muck it out, grind it out types, or the guys who, you know, go through traffic or park themselves in front of the net and 
you know, kind of get dirty. Um, I don't know. I, you're, I a, mean, you're a Tortorella or a Maurice type of guy then. Those are the guys that well, you, you, like. know, you know what it was, uh, or you know what I think it is, is that growing up playing hockey, I was never the, the guy who's super skilled. You know, the guy with tons of speed, the, the guy with tons of moves. I was the guy who went in the corners and worked and sort of pushed my way around or parked myself in front of the net and let guys shoot pucks at me. Hopefully <laughs> something goes in off my butt or off my head and we're good to go. Um, you know what, though? Line A, there's something, there's something wrong. There was something wrong there, right? There's, there's, and people will speculate about it, and I don't think we'll ever really know the truth. But for some reason, there, the, the mix was off in the dressing room, and uh, you know, you can, you can chalk it up to going back two years when, when Bufflin was still around, when Truba was still around, and you know, like it wasn't a, a big secret in town that while they, they might have played as a team on the ice, they didn't all necessarily get along off the ice and in the room and I think that you know for from a from a pure goal scorer point of view you're not going to get much better than a guy like Patrick Laine right he's got the big shot he's got the moves I I was super excited watching the first game of the year and seeing him you know sort of get in uh, whoever's face there clipping clipping Connor and and you know that was something that we hadn't really seen from Patrick Laine where he, he kind of seemed like he had developed a bit of an edge um but you know what I think long term bringing in a guy like uh Pierre-Luc Dubois is a better fit for for Winnipeg perhaps now and then also going forward like depth depth wise but I think that you know moving you know let Ross Roslevic wasn't ever going to get the opportunity that that he felt he deserved here, and so he's going to be unhappy. And Line, whether he said he was or he wasn't, he was obviously unhappy. And I don't think he was long for Winnipeg beyond this contract, anyways. But I think that it's it's kind of that that old adage: it's addition by subtraction, right? You send two guys out, you bring in a guy who's super excited to play here. But then the byproduct of sending those, the Line A and Roslevic out is now all of a sudden guys like Appleton and Kopp and Ehlers and Lowry get more minutes and they get more opportunities in different sorts of situations. And I think you're seeing all of them are playing the best hockey that they've played during their time with Winnipeg. I mean, you look at like Nick Ehlers, it was oh, kind of like. it this year. He's going to go, it's going to go one way or the other, right? His best buddy on the team gets traded. He's going to go in a funk or all of a sudden he's getting these opportunities and he's looked at as a guy who can fill the net and the guy, the skill guy, right? And he's totally embraced that role. And I mean, he was a phenomenal junior hockey player. He was that guy. And uh, so it, it's been good to see. And I think that, I don't think Patrick Laine is going to be in Columbus much beyond this year. Anyways, he seems like a guy who is, he wants to play in the bright lights in the big city. He's a New York type guy or an LA type guy. Like Panarin, like Panarin Panarin did it right. Like he, he earned his worth with Chicago 
then he cashed in in Columbus and then he cashed in again in for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, like just kind of in addition to that, like Winnipeg, we were seeing the identity of the team and it's like, it's like a, a by committee style thing. And okay. like, you've, you've seen this stuff in the newspapers and stuff like about like the real individuals like Kane, like line a, you know, like, I just don't think those guys work in Winnipeg because of like, th- like you, you couldn't have an Ovechkin here in Winnipeg. Like you couldn't have a one man show for the Winnipeg jets because they're more, like you say, like they're more of a lunch bucket, you know, by committee style team. And if you have the one guy who's like the wild card or the loose cannon that doesn't fall in line uh, like I just feel that that just doesn't quite work with, with this, with the scenario and like with the culture that they're they're building here in Winnipeg, and it's like, you, it, it like you know it's a little old school with like you have your captain and you respect your captain and you follow follow behind the captain and you follow behind the coach, but like if you think about Pittsburgh or you think about Washington, like it's almost like Crosby and Malkin and Ovechkin can tell the coach to f off and then the gm will fire them and then they'll bring in a new guy like that's that's you won't you'll never see that here in winnipeg um we also are approaching the second period here so uh as we move forward here um jared uh with our last guest we had um heater danny heath from from minneapolis and uh he told us this cool story about um growing up in in phoenix and playing his minor hockey down there and having Alf samuelson as as uh as one of his coaches as he was growing up and that he was like a, a big part of of his hockey development and we you know we threw that your way and it sounds like you had a a little Alfie uh, factoid or story that you want to share with the boys here. Yeah, I'm interested to hear uh, what kind of Alf Samuelson <laughs> tale you have. I do Our- just want to say one thing about the line A. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Trade. And and kind of what t- just touching on what you guys were saying. He played more f- in a way. It looks like maybe played more for the name on the back than the logo on the front you know what i mean than the crest on the front and that's and that's just to to his brand of superstar sort of like you were saying randy the player bigger than the collective sum of the parts but he, he's not I, the first guy to do that and he won't be the last no but for sure. i just feel that's that perfectly that, fine because it's like not gonna work about, here in winnipeg we've talked about before you know what kind of player he he is and he's electrifying and all the best to him down in columbus and and uh, wouldn't you know it, I'm actually watching the odd Blue Jackets game now. So, well, it's kind of inter- it's, it's interesting. The one person, right? sweet. Yeah, 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 they've got one fan now. Yeah. All right, let's hear this off story. Okay, so eleventh uh, grade, I grew up in uh, in a town about forty five minutes south of here, Carmen, Manitoba, and oh, that uh, yeah. Eddie, Eddie the, the Eagle. Yeah, Eddie the Eagle, local legend. Um, and so eleventh grade. Uh, you know, uh, a bunch of buddies and I, we would have all been 15, 16 years old. Some of us had licenses. Some of us didn't. We're all big hockey fans. And so what we decided at the beginning of the year was with Jets 1.0, they used to offer this like mini pack where you could buy seven or eight games. You could pick your games and you could go. So we all went in on this and we figured, you know what? 
we're going to pick the cream of the crop and we're going to go and we're going to see all the superstars. We're going to go see Gretzky. We're going to go see, um, we, I made sure we went and saw the Nordiques because I was a big Joe Sackick, uh, Quebec Nordiques fan. And so one of the games that we picked was Pittsburgh Penguins. We wanted to go see Mario Lemieux and the Penguins in 92, 93 were pretty, uh, pretty stacked. They had uh, was Yager's first year, Yager's rookie season, but they also had uh, Lemieux as well, Ronnie Francis. They had Rick Tockett. They had Larry Murphy. Um, Tom was this the year they won their second cup or the year after they won their second cup? Because they went back to back in 90, went, 91 and 91, 92. Yeah. So 92, this, 93, Montreal won the cup. Yes. Yeah. But Pittsburgh was still stacked that year. They just oh, lost yeah. and they lost to the Islanders in the uh Well, they had two cups. Like what else do you you just you just mail it in after that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, we had this date circled uh January 10th, 1993, circled on the map. We're going to see Mario Lemieux, we're going to see Yager, we're going to see all the boys, right? And so uh, two, ga- two, two games prior, or two days prior. So uh, Lemieux didn't play against Calgary, and then he didn't dress against the Jets. And so one notable fact about it is two days later, he announced that he had uh, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma mm. and had to take a break. Uh, and then uh, the other sort of notable fact about the game was it was the absolute halfway point of the year. So it was 42nd game of the year. Uh, Jets won 3-2. Solani, in the game, scored his 34th goal. And so, as you remember, in his rookie season, he scored 76. So, from this point forward, he averaged a goal a game, Hmm. which is pretty phenomenal to see him play seven or eight times that year. So, anyways, within the group of guys... Uh, we had, uh, we had this guy, his name is, uh, Martin Lindemann or Marty. And, uh, he was an exchange student who came to Carmen from a little town in Sweden that, as he told us at the game was also the hometown of all Samuelson. And so we're giving him the hard, hard time. And I mean, Fajerstad? I believe so, yes, or where, where, wherever he's from, right? Malmo. Um, and so the thing about Marty was, you know, Sweden, Sweden's got a long hockey tradition. Never skated in his life. He didn't play hockey. He, he was, he, you know, he's more of an academic type guy. But we go to this game and we're giving him the gears the whole time because all Samuelson, as you remember, he wasn't, everybody's favorite player on the ice. He was a bit of a shit disturber. And, and so we're like, okay, Marty, you got to write him a letter in Swedish and we'll go down to the concourse after the game. And we'll make sure we'll we'll talk to a guard. We'll say, yeah, you know what? Like you're from the same hometown or whatever. And maybe we'll get to meet some of the penguins. I mean, back in the, back in that time, you know, you go down and you get to see the jets, right? That was super easy, but trying to get to see the opposing team, was always a little bit harder if you wanted to snag autographs or whatever you had to go to the airport you had to sort of catch him as they're going so we're giving him a hard time he's like no 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 he's a super shy guy uh 
which seems to be a running thing with a lot of the Scandinavian folks that I've met. Maybe it's because he was surrounded by a bunch of Canadian idiots, but whatever. And so he writes this letter in Swedish. And afterwards, six or seven of us, we go downstairs, get there, and the security guard's like, no, no, no. And we're like, look, it's this guy's birthday. He's from the same hometown as all Samuelson. He wants to slip him this note. Just let him know he was here to see him play. And... He's like, okay, 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 come over here. And so we're sitting and we're waiting. Guy takes the note, hands it to one of the Penguins uh, handlers or whoever, media guy. All of a sudden, 10, 15 minutes later, we're getting ready and we're like, no, screw this, we're going to leave. Ulf comes out and he's like, says something in Swedish, big bellowing voice. And Marty's like, raises his hand. And he's like, oh, come over here and shake hands, shakes hands. And then he turns to us. He's like, so do you guys want to meet some of the guys? And so it's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we ended up meeting Ulf, of course, Ron Francis, yeah. uh, Kevin Stevens, Larry Murphy, Yager got like ushered straight out, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody was talking to him and uh uh talk it and they all super super nice guys That's awesome they brought they they signed cards whatever right and i mean i remember ron francis because we used to bring cards to every game because we would try and get down and and so francis i had brought in a rookie card of him hartford whalers and he sees it and he's just like He's like, I'll sign anything you got. I won't sign that one anymore. Can't sign that one anymore. He's like, I stopped signing it when my kids were born. Too many of those floating around. And he's like, <laughs> anything from that season is is memorabilia that's going to put my kids through college. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's my Alfie story. And, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, and it was also cool the Jets beat him that night, three two. Because that different... Jets team was Jets team was not not good. Yeah, Not it's great. such a different time of like, you know, security and stuff where you could just kind of be like, look, we're just going to go down the concourse. We're going to, you know, if you wait around long enough, you'll get whatever. Nowadays, I don't think there's any chance in yeah. heck that you could do that. Like no. kids these days, you know, they're just, there's no way that they would even probably try because it's, we live in an era where that's just not a thing. Yeah, well, but, after but, after every Jets game back then, there was an area just to go wait outside the Jets yeah. dressing room, and they would walk out and they would sign all these autographs. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. everyone would be like along this like metal kind of gate or whatever. Yeah, barricade. Yeah, yeah. and then like, I, I remember going down there so many times and like getting like Keith Kachuk's autograph and Solani. Cool. Like the guys would just come out like right after the game. It'd be yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, it like, and it was almost just part of the experience. It's like game's over. Okay, like go go downstairs go to the event level and, and go wait in line. And hmm. in like we, 25 <laughs> minutes, you'll see, uh, you know, Zhamnov. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Zhamnov, he wore number 10. So he could have yeah. also been on the honorable mentions list for season three, episode 10 of Talking Hockey. Yeah. Um, yeah, the town I grew up in, we had a semi-pro senior men's team. And uh, yeah, yeah, you could go down and see any of those boys. Sandy McKenzie, he was a star of the team. You could get his autograph any day of the week if you wanted to. 
<laughs> but uh, you could yeah, also just awesome. go to his house and deliver his newspaper <laughs> yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, I got a question for you guys here, and it 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 doesn't quite um, fall into the pants category, but we're gonna just you know square peg round hole, shove it through. It'll uh-huh. it'll make it work, and it's just another reason for us to play the theme music. So uh, on on the other on the other side of this thing, I got a question for you, Jets related, and then we'll get into our '90s locker room jams. When I wake up. All right, so that was the uh, pants music that everyone has come to know and love, and actually the pants music that got us banned from YouTube uh, after yeah. too many copyright strikes. But you can find it on the Talk and Hockey official playlist, though Apple Music only. Somebody out there wants to convert it to Spotify, be my guest. DM uh, the Talk and Hockey Instagram for the link to the playlist. Perfect. Yeah, if someone wants to. Uh, take all those songs and make a Spotify playlist. We'll hook you up with a high five and something <laughs> else maybe. So yeah, the the pants question I have for you guys is something that Jared a, a little like alluded to a little bit earlier. Um, so it's a two part question. Um, part one being, um, is Mason Appleton actually one of the best Jets so far this season? And um, any if you if you think. You know he's not scoring the most, but you have to think he's he's been a factor on most games so far. Like you are noticing this guy. Um, and part two being, if that's the case, we've got the expansion draft happening this off season, and now is Mason Appleton in the mix? You know, and you got Lowry and you got Cop uh, potentially that you could lose to the expansion draft. So what part one? Um, is is Mason Appleton one of the best Jets this two this season? And part two, uh, what would you try and do to make sure he stays a Jet? Tommy, you go first. Okay, um, I will say you know Mason Appleton has looked great this year so far. He's got eight points in thirteen games played, which um, you know in his career, his last year, I should say he had eight points in 46 games played. So Mason is looking good off to a good start. Um, I think he's gotten that opportunity of where Ross Livick used to be and Appleton's just running with it last year. He had, or was it last year or the year before he had that broken foot or ankle suffered at from that pregame outdoor you heritage at that, classic. Weren't you at that game? I was. Yeah. Yeah, and didn't you was, throw the football? That was me. I said, Mason, go long. And then, no, and you know. Go longer. Mason, longer. <laughs> and then he tripped. Yeah. yeah. So that's my bad. Um, that's on me. But, yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, like, I think he's he, – is he still on his entry-level contract or is he on, like, a – no, he's he's for sure still in his first couple seasons. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, cause like his, so like for his like you know contract, he's probably one of the best value players that the Jets have. I'd say for sure. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I he's 
he's kind of, like when he started first showing up for the Jets in the NHL, it was like, I guess he's all right. I don't know. But now I, I, he's on the ice and I really like what he's bring, he brings. He's fast. He's physical. And, uh, you know, he's 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 got a bit of a scorer's touch. I don't know that he's ever really going to become, you know, like that type of NHL player. He might be more of a third role guy, third line role type of player, but you need those guys. And there's a lot of guys who were scorers in earlier parts of the career who transitioned their game to become, to have a long NHL career in that third line sort of role. Um, and then, yeah, as far as what you're saying about expansion draft goes, um, he's probably like, I, I think, what is it? Seven forwards, three defense and a goalie that you can protect. Um, I'm not sure. There's two different. There's two different configurations. Yeah, yeah, you can do skaters or you can do by position. Yeah. Yeah. See, like I would have to really kind of look at it, but from what I know, with Roslovic and Line A gone, that is actually kind of good for the Jets for expansion draft because, because all now, of a sudden, Cop and Lowry are. Yeah, like Lowry needs a new contract, which I hope he's gonna get, and then he can be protected in the expansion draft. And yeah, then you can protect cop and whoever and Appleton, maybe he's one of those guys that like, you're going to want to protect if, if he goes unprotected, he might be the guy that Seattle takes, Um, you know, because you're not allowed to take guys in their entry level, or you're not allowed to take free guys with no trade clauses, unless they waive it and whatever, or I should say you have to protect guys with no trade clauses unless, unless they unless waive their did the jets have anybody with a no trade clause uh, right blake now? wheeler does uh, i think yeah. shifley might have a modified one um there's a there's a couple guys like brian little yeah. but he's on ltir so yeah uh, i don't know about morrissey he might or might not i'm not really sure if he has a trade clause thing but um that'll be interesting to see how that expansion draft plays out and as it stands right now, Mason Appleton might be prime pickings for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. You know, I'd agree. You know what? He's definitely, he's playing uh, the best hockey uh, of his career as a Winnipeg Jet. I mean, you know, I think uh, a couple, couple games back, Paul Maurice kind of paid him the highest compliment that you're going to get from Paul Maurice, who is a veterans coach through and through when he said, you know, Mason Appleton is an NHL hockey player now. And mm-hmm. I think that it's a combination of, um, you know, he comes into a season, he, he has no injury issues. He, he doesn't have, he's not really fighting for playing time. He had kind of a defined role. Um, it seems to me like he could be, obviously they play different sort of game, right? But he could be um, a third line producer a la, uh, Brandon Tanev from a few years ago who potted, you know, what, 20 goals or 22 goals. Um, you know, he, he does have a scorer's touch. Like last night, he sort of broke down the wing and he kind of wondered what he was going to do with it. And he, he ripped a pretty wicked wrist shot that almost picked the top corner, right? He's a fast guy. He's, he's, and I think, you know what, he looks like he's, he's playing with a little bit more confidence and and I'm thinking that maybe he's, he's bulked up a little bit. That's always kind of been the knock on, on him. And and he's only 20, 
two or three or yeah, he's, he's twenty-five. I just oh, looked. is he twenty-five? Yeah. Okay, but still, wow. still pretty, still pretty young guy. And I think that you know what I I really really liked last night was putting him on a line with a guy like like Stastny is going to do wonders for him because mm. Stastny is a consummate pro, and you know cut to the bench a couple of times and. Stastny is there. He's kind of taking him aside. They're talking. They're going back and forth. And yeah, I like Appleton. Is he a guy that that is going to crack the protection list? I think it's going to be really tough because he's got to jump a few a few guys, right? Yeah. And, and it depends th- if they're able to resign Lowry or whatever. I think too. exactly. But you know, if if the Vegas expansion draft sort of proves to be uh, any sort of example, um, Appleton might be a guy that you know the Jets make a deal with with yeah. the Kraken and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, if you take uh, Matthew Perot off our hands, we'll kick in uh, a, a draft pick, or we'll kick in kick in something down the line." Right? You yeah. saw a lot of that that sort of horse trading uh, at the last expansion draft, and. So, I, I mean, I think that he's a guy that the Jets should want to keep because right now, like, what we were talking about in that first segment and, and sort of the, the thing that I wanted to bring back is I think that the Jets, as a team, are going to succeed this year if they go back to the conventional four-line 6D and you can kind of roll that those four lines and you can you can – skate that the the opponent into into sort of submission um you know last night that not, uh, notwithstanding was an interesting uh uh experiment but i think that they're going to succeed if they roll with four and four lines and 6d and appleton's a, a huge key to that yeah, he'll sort be of in scenario that. He'll yeah be he'll in be that in that mix, mix. For sure. yeah yeah i think i think appleton is going to be the guy who makes us forget about brandon tanev because, mm-hmm. um, and two, I think Jack Roslovic is just not like he's not a player that can adapt to that role. Like Mason Appleton could fit into that role because he has the tools to. I think Jack Roslovic only has the tools to be a whatever a top line player or, or yeah, top, like a top two. Gl- yeah, so producing. He, he he he's not really meant to work yeah. with Lowry and Cop because. He just doesn't have the tool toolbox of, of yeah. to, to do that. Well, um, when you look at Jack Roslovic getting that opportunity in Columbus right now and that <clears throat> game-winning highlight real goal he scored the other night. Holy shnikes, that yeah. was I, I don't want to make this the I don't want to make this the Jack Roslovic show though anymore. <laughs> so but my, my one last thing before we go to the nineties uh, <laughs> songs is um Maybe Mason Appleton will be the distraction for them to take, so then we can keep Cop and we are Cop and Lowry. Because yeah. to lose uh, one or or like one of those guys, I think would be would be kind of a pretty big hit to the Jets. Whereas um, we lost Tanev, we filled them with a- Appleton, and then maybe Jansen Harkins or or someone else down the line could then be that new guy that fills the role. Yeah. Uh, but all that being said, I've just been super stoked on Mason Appleton. He's a yeah, guy who he just you a, know he he ties up his you know boots every single day and good. goes hard and you know he plays the 
plays the dirty, dirty areas and the hard areas and goes to the tough ice, all those hockey cliches. He doesn't yeah. care and he's getting it done. There was one shift last yes yesterday, the one play that Jared was talking about where um, he totally just blew around there. I think it was actually, it was Shabbat. He blew yeah. around Shabbat and got a, like a great shot off. It was like a, yeah. almost like a classic rip down the wing, you know, Mark Messier style, nice. um, you know, shot from the wing, but. And Shabbat's a, a good player. Yeah. I like watching him. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, it's just, Appleton's really representative of that sort of Jets draft and develop credo. So he's, you know, like I, I think that we get impatient with Maurice and his, um, his uh, sort of tendency towards playing veterans over young guys sometimes. But, you know, I think if you look at Pittsburgh, you would say they've got this model where they'll bring guys up from their AHL Scranton, Wilkesbury, or no, what are they called? Um, Wilkesbury Scranton. Wilkesbury yeah. Scranton Penguins team. And they fit seamlessly in like your Teddy Blugers, your Gensels, and whoever else. Like they've had just so many guys over the years um, that that they they groom in the AHL. And then the Penguins were a deep team, you know, making the playoffs, winning cups, all these things. And then they could put these AHL guys graduate them into the penguins roster and they'd fit seamlessly and look like total pros because they were you know they they were ready they didn't get put them in as a 18 or 20 year old who wasn't quite ready or whatever so yeah and they're they're playing they're playing the system down there which is the same system that they're and that's what the jets are trying to do here i think that's what they're trying to do exactly so it's uh appleton's kind of a testament to what they're trying to do and the success they're having in that sort of format of grooming players and, and whatever, and, you know, trying to build a program or whatever that's sustainable. So yeah, I don't know. Pretty good. Mason Alpton, pretty good. <laughs> decent, decent kid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, stick good to Wisconsin ho- kid. Yeah. Stick to hockey, you know, uh, leave the football for, for summertime. I, and you know what? I dig, I dig that wispy red, mustache he's rocking right now it is wispy it is wispy i think that's that's actually that's no lanny mcdonald no but i think that's what stastny might have been talking to him about on the bench like like, hey kid a mustache is coming in pretty good yeah keep it up keep it up (laughs) don't shave another three four months will be good yeah all right so the the moment that everyone's been waiting for and if we if we if we roll the clocks back to I don't know. Maybe let's just say 1996. Maybe just for for uh, shits and giggles. I don't know. It could be 95. It could be 97. Yeah. Let's, let's just i just call it 96. So yeah, we're 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 rolling back the clocks all the way back then to when you know uh, the three of us would have been playing hockey with the local team and and well, uh, hey hey, I'll I'll stop you right there because you, you guys 96. You guys are a couple young bucks. I <laughs> I'm I'm going. Like 92, 93, 94. Okay, okay. we, we can do that. We can do 94. Hey, hey, you're, sticking, you're sticking the old guy at the end. I get hey. that. No, that's, no, that's my that's my heyday though. No, I've got I've definitely got some 94 and earlier tracks here, so we can go okay. 94. Okay, rolling the clocks back to 1994. The boys are in the room. You know they're getting ready. You got the jams going on. Do you have the boom box with the CD player? Do you have a tape deck? I don't know. Like what's hard to say? Did you did you tape those songs off the radio? Like how did you get these songs? Um, but anyways, 
the idea came up this week and it's, it's, it's a crucial part of hockey. Like the, the tunes in the dressing room before the game, if, if they're not there, like there's, there's times where like now someone forgets the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, like that didn't happen back in the day. You yeah. can't get Wi-Fi yeah. connectivity. Yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta you, you gotta download you gotta download the playlist onto your phone, or else you know if you're in some dressing rooms with like all the metal around, you're not getting cell phone service in there. Yeah, whatever. you're tying your skates in silence. It's just yeah. bullshit. Like, it's you're like all it, off. The, the the boys <laughs> aren't the boys to get jacked up for yeah, this. The boys Sunday aren't going. night 10 p.m. game. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go through our picks here, and like I said, we're gonna roll the pl- roll the clocks back to 1994. Um, I'll do my picks. Tommy, you'll do your picks. Jared will do his picks, and then maybe we'll we'll do a little bit of a kind of a recap and and uh, reflect, and maybe you know uh, comment on each other's songs, and then we'll go out on on a on a collective pick, if you will. So okay. basically, if I'm rolling back to 1994 then I'm likely playing double A kind of peewee or bantam hockey. I'm not sure. Stonewall Blues, you know, we were a, a pretty good team. Uh, you know, we we always got, uh, when we came to the city to play most of, most of the teams here, a lot of the city kids didn't really know what Stonewall was all about. So they were saying, oh, you guys riding your tractors to the game and whatever. And it's like, what are you even talking about? You don't, whatever. So anyways, <laughs> um, when it came, when it came to playing tunes, there was, there was a, a, a fair amount of us on the team that were into like decent stuff. There was, you know, the, the odd, you know, uh, jock jams kind of dude or whatever, but for the most part, we had good tunes. So my ideal top five picks of songs that would be from 1994 would be like this. Number one, and this is in order that I would play them, like as I'm, you know, getting getting dressed up and then getting ready to hit the ice. Okay, so it's not like from counting down from five to one. It's no, just this like, is this is the know. order. This is the order that you'd hear them if I was playing them on the on the burnt yeah. CD. I made a CDR, <laughs> and it says "Locker Room Jams" with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> so number one is Metallica, "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Classic. Live yep. from Woodstock '94. <laughs> got to be the live version. Oh, live yeah. version. You got what, some, uh, some uh, like crowd uh, band. Yeah, like, what, yeah, sets the, what sets that version apart? There's, from... the, there's the crowd noise, and then there's like the James Hetfield like making the crowd all do the haze. Oh, like, oh, oh. Yeah, and then like there's the the cheering, and then there's like this big build up, and then they get into the. It's like the perfect way to ease into like right. putting your bag down, you know, opening it up, you know, getting the <laughs> getting the underwear and the socks on, and getting her going. So, and then by then, by like, you know, you guys all know for whom the bell tolls, like by the time that that song's over, you're, you're fired up already. So number two is nation states by propaganda. Cause you need to keep that energy going, right? Like, and you need, like, you need to keep it up. You need to keep it going. Is that off how to clean everything? Yeah. And the, the version that I have come to know and love was the one from, uh, survival of the fattest. When, right. when when Fat yeah. Records was doing yeah. all the comps, so that's yep. I know because there was two versions of that song uh, recorded, and that's the version that would be yeah, on. Survival my... of the Fattest would have been the one that I'm familiar with. Back yeah, from, so yeah. Nation States Propaganda, number two, or number three, you know you, you gotta like keep the energy going, but there's like that lull, like where you need to get into your mental zone. So I would go with Bad Religion Infected because. Mm. 
there's like, there's a good, you know, there's a good mood or there's a good like energy to it, but it's also a little reflective, you know, you got to yeah. get into, you got to start thinking like, if I get a breakaway, what am I doing? You know, like, you gotta, <laughs> the, you, visualize the mental part of the game. You need Infected. those moments. That Cause from... it, that's from uh, 21st century digital boy. Stranger than Strange, fiction. Stranger than fiction. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so my very first bad religion record I got. So then yeah. you you need that moment to like of mental, you know, collection. Like if I get a breakaway, what am I doing? If I get the puck in the corner, what am I doing? Because you can't just be 110 all the time. You need to have that moment <laughs> of thinking. Uh, number four is uh, new noise by refused because mm. you know you're you're now ready to put your jersey on and you're ready to like hit the ice that's a ripper so you got to get that energy back up so refused new noise and then my last song is sabotage by beastie boys because oh. you just need to like get ready to rip someone's face off yeah oh that's a great list randy i like the thought you've put into that in the order and everything and the different sort of moods that you know you'll go through in your preparation for game day there that's uh pretty thoughtful pretty good pretty good um i like all of those songs too so that's uh that's really good so i'll give you guys i'll give you guys my top five rink rockers as i'm gonna call them i like um, how you busted out the notebook well, you know, I'm old school here. <laughs> this was this was this uh, this was the the last thirty minutes of work that you were doing yeah, today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Company issued notebook and pen. Yeah. Your your work phone is just ringing, and you've got like your Walkman out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so, my my uh, top five jams are not really actually specific to that time era. I kind of went with what I would have heard at the rink at that time. So, because to be honest, when I, so like we're talking, if we're talking like 1994, 95, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I would have been playing double A peewee probably maybe Bantam. I'm not sure uh, at what, you know, like what age that would have been, but 94, 95, I think I'm about grade nine or so. So, I uh, played for the Churro Bearcats, um, and I forget the name of the house league team I played for. It might have been the Kerr Controls Oilers or whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I don't remember having a locker room boombox. Like, I don't remember that being a thing. So my, like, rink memories are from going to see the local semi-pro seniors men's team uh, the uh, Truro TSN Bearcats, Allen Cup winners in 1998, I believe it was. Um, and I, you know, like at the Truro Stadium and like they're playing like, you know, like the classic songs or whatever. Now, some of these came out later than that and their memories of like, I would go when I was in university, I'd go to see the St. Mary's Huskies men's hockey team play. They played at the Halifax Forum, which was just around the corner from my apartment. And like the DJ there, I'm pretty sure he just had like one CD or whatever. So like, <laughs> so basically I'll start with the song that the Huskies took the ice to, and that's Hell's Bells by ACDC. You know, that's a, that is a classic take the ice song. Like, 
It's like, let's go do a quick couple laps and get fired up and go rip somebody's head off here and like feel badass or whatever. So that's kind of one right there. The other um, sort of classic uh, uh, Take the Ice song, I think, that I actually um, featured in my uh, my own wedding reception was how we <laughs> kind of like got introduced to the like, whatever is Sandstorm by Darude. So that... <laughs> I believe that came out more like early thousands, so it doesn't quite fit. But um, like I said, like so, Sandstorm by Darude, I think is just such a classic. Like, like the lights are de- the light, like the lights are off. And then you like hit the ice, and then the lights come on, and you're just ripping laps around. And and really, and... it's just a guy on the light switch doing this in the old, <laughs> old barn. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, strobe light, but really just dude on a light switch. And you know, it's just like such a classic rink rocker for me is that song. Um, and then now, and then the next one. So the next couple songs I have. What so the next one? I don't know what order I'll do them in here, but I'll do it like this. So this next one is, I think it might be a bit more of an East Coast rink rocker. You might, I don't know about you, Prairie Boys, if you had this one blaring in your rinks, but like in between whistles or whatever, Mary Mac by Great Big C. You guys ever rock that one at the rink? Because I tell you, like in between whistle, be like Mary Mac, Mary Mac, whatever. Get the old sea shanty going there, and uh, you can't go to a hockey game in Nova Scotia without hearing some some uh, great big sea, pretty much. So even though they're a Newfoundland band, I think you know whatever. Um, and then the last two are. Uh, they're just like personal favorite locker room jams of mine from way back. And uh, so running down a dream by Tom Petty, I think like that, just that guitar riff of like, and then it's just like, it's just like makes you want to just like, again, like hell's bells or like sandstorm. It's just like, just like run down the tunnel onto the ice and just like have at her kind of thing. And then the other one is like probably one of my favorite locker room pregame songs from like as far back as I can remember. And I remember playing in a uh, tournament, uh, a spring classic tournament, and we just played this song like on repeat in the locker room. And that's Taking Care of Business by BTO. Um, Some Winnipeg content. Nice. Yeah, exactly. This is like... It's like, we're going to, you know, it's like, what are we going to do tonight, boys? We're going to take care of business. And just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a great tune for, for getting you fired up, I think, and, and like focusing on the task at hand. So those are my top five jams, uh, my rink rockers. Uh, like I say, not really 90s specific. I don't know that any of those songs are actually from the 90s. Oh, no, Mary Mac is for sure. But uh, anyway that's that's where i'm at so <laughs> there you go yeah so i did mine a little bit differently uh i uh 
I'm I'm giving you I'm giving you seven songs. You asked me for five, but I'm giving you seven. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a radio guy. I'm a music guy, and uh, so you know what you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with it. But um, ninety-two, ninety-three, and ninety-three, ninety-four. Uh, I had. Uh, probably my favorite two years of playing hockey ever I was playing high school hockey zone four for uh the carmen cougars and uh we uh we won our zone or a division both years uh so 92 93 i would have been in the 11th grade 93 94 i was in uh, is in the 12th and so uh being a rookie uh, I didn't get uh, didn't get as much input in uh, in in the first year, but one of the guys that I played with, uh, also a rookie that year, it just so happened that his grandfather was the caretaker at the rink, did uh, drove the zamboni, resurfaced the ice, and so we got the golden key to the figure skating sound system and so we we could play tunes during the warm-up right and so you know um being small town manitoba mid 90s let me tell you uh hair metal reign supreme Mm. little country music reign supreme you know wasn't uh wasn't odd to hear uh some uh some molly crew back to back with the little fishing in the dark or whatever yeah, way down yonder on the chat here <laughs> or something like that maybe sure sure uh so when uh when uh my senior year hit i was like okay you know what i was kind of going through this musical uh exploration phase and i'm like okay f this i'm putting together the warm-up mixtape and was done on a cassette boom box i uh i had also gotten a subscription to columbia house so oh, i was getting yeah, my get my get my first cds but uh you that's know, where me, woodstock 94 came from that's why i had that cd yeah exactly all, so all my early tapes and like yeah in the early 90s there that's why i started getting them columbia house yeah for sure so um yeah, so I made this is the mix. This is the mix for the ninety three ninety four Carmen Cougars. We went nineteen and one in the regular season, and I we guess went, the mix worked. And we <laughs> and and uh, we uh, the the uh, I remember beating the Winkler Zodiacs two nothing in the final. Fuck those guys. Yeah, exactly. Fuck <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh and uh yeah we got to go to the provincials whole nine yards play in the old winnipeg barn and it was it was great um so honorable mention both years the last the last song that was played before we went on to the ice was in in the room was welcome to the jungle by uh, by gnr appetite for destruction and so when i was putting together this mix i'm thinking you know what we're all a bunch of country boys. We're going to expect all the same stuff. I'm going to throw them a bit of a curveball. And so I started off with uh, House of Pain and Jump Around with a yeah. little intro. Oh, right? Nice. Yeah. There it and, is. Love it. And, and then it's just like, you know what? I'm going to play some hip hop. You guys aren't expecting this. Here we go. And then uh, from there, I went to uh, Public Enemy 
welcome to the Terror Dome. And then uh, I broke kind of the cardinal rule of mixtapes and, uh, and played the same artist back to back. But I played uh, Public Enemy and Anthrax and Bring the Noise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Segway into Anthrax and their cover of uh, an old Joe Jackson song called Got the Time, which is just like straight up thrash. Okay. And then um, finished it off with uh, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. The, uh, is that the one? The, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it, it was like the perfect sort of, all right, boys, let's wrap it up. They're going to flood. Somebody's got to pick up the pucks. You know, yeah. we never got all the way through Immigrant Song, but uh, it was kind of a good way to good way to end and nice. yeah the mix seemed to work we went uh, we went uh, 19 and 1 as i said and then the the other thing is the so my seventh seventh song is both years we had the victory song which was a totally foreign concept to me but you know a couple years ago with the stinkbirds you know for some reason inexplicably inexplicably yeah. it's it's ann murray ann murray which, yeah. which is great but uh uh so <laughs> for both for both years we listened to uh the boys in the bright white sports car oh yeah by, by trooper and yeah. we used to just leave the door open and just blare it and it was great too because at the at the uh at the old carmen arena if you made the high school hockey team you had your own private dressing room that was always yours you could leave your gear there and so it was kind of uh you know other teams that we would play it was kind of intimidating because it had a great big like logo on the wall and oh, wow. sign and so after the game we'd kick that door open and we'd uh, we'd blare a little trooper and <laughs> for whatever reason i don't know why it was that song it just happened to be that song the first it's, year and it was like the tradition that we carried on for the second and yeah. yeah it's a good classic rock sort of sing-along chorus you know oh yeah and i were and i remember uh you know a lot of good memories of, of of just a bunch of lugans in various states of undress in a stinky hockey hockey locker room <laughs> screaming that song at the top of our lungs yeah. so yeah very nice well yeah, yeah. the the uh, great list um <laughs> The the post the victory song is is just as key and how you uh, mentioned the Stinkbirds there, uh, we had prior prior to I think your your uh, you know roles on the Stinkbirds, we we had um, two princes by uh, Spin Doctors, <laughs> and then I totally remembered uh, we had simply the best actually Caress of Steel had simply yeah the we best. had that one. For oh, Tina, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Yeah. Simply yeah. the best. That and was then, a great victory song. But I think the 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 never ending and the immortal, you know, constant will always be Benny and the Jets. Yeah. Uh, for Caress of Steel, like that. That's that's, a, the, that's the victory song. As soon as we get get back into the dressing room and it's after a dub, um, you gotta hear you gotta hear that first piano note you boom, know boom, 
and then Boom. you know the boys had a had a good game so yeah again yeah just it's a it's a not only are the pump up tunes uh a huge uh, part of of um preparation um mm-hmm. but it's it's also on your way out you know like if you think about Chris steel we got tons of chicks dig it we've got like a good mix of like some hard stuff and some fun. And you know, Tommy, like your pick of running down a dream, that would be the, <clears throat> the perfect song for, for me to hear in the dressing room before the game to be like, okay, you know, I, I just chipped the puck back by the defenseman. Yeah. I, I have a breakaway basically from the red line. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. Cause yeah. like, it's different. Like sometimes, yeah, right? it's, it's different. Like if, if you have, if you have like a, a breakaway from like whatever the blue line, their own blue line, or if you have one where you've got tons of time and like that guitar riff, it's like, it's like the, the repetitive Tom Petty songs are actually classic for this because he tends to use the same chords in the verse and the chorus. And like the whole song is very repetitive like that. So it's, it's those I find for me for mental preparation, it's like that re- repetitive. And it's like, that's where like, if you do enough stick handles, you're never going to, you don't have to think about it anymore because you've just done it enough. It's like when you're in close and you need to go up top, if you've done that 15 times at the outdoor rink, it'll be super easy for you to do it when it counts. Like when you're playing against, you know, your beer league rivals or whatever. So it's it that, that Tom Petty song is the perfect example of, of the state of mind that you need to be in prior to the game. And I was also thinking if I had to make the ideal pregame list, these songs would probably be on it still because they don't make music like this anymore. <laughs> and that's my age speaking. If anything, I might sub substitute um, sorrow or, you know, Los Angeles is burning by bad yeah. religion instead of infected. And mm-hmm. I might put, um, you know, maybe I'd put sure, sh- like sure shot still from the nineties anyways, but, and you know, um, it's it, like it, those, those songs still work to this day. If I had to think about a song that came out last year, that makes me feel like these songs impossible. It's tough. I mean, yeah. Like I, I still, I know what you mean like on that because like I'll listen to music that is newly released, but it doesn't, uh, I don't know. Like I, it's like, would this go on a hockey room playlist? Like, I don't know. Like, it just you know it doesn't stir those maybe those emotions or whatever but yeah there's a fine art to it eh and uh i i'm so like oh man i'm ready for uh you know vaccines to sort of get happening and whatever for for i'm ready for the locker room again because like i definitely miss that part of hockey like the playing of hockey, sure, whatever. But the like the the hanging out in the locker room, getting the playlist going. The Who's bringing the beers? The post yeah. game is almost even better than the pregame. Yeah. You're just oh, like, yeah. you know, uh, and we've you know we've got some guys on our team who um, they'll just like still be like ha- in half their gear. They haven't even got their gear off yet. And the next team's coming in the door, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, you know what, it's, it's interesting because I took a long break and immediately after the first skate that I had back, it was like driving home afterwards and thinking about it. And it's like, you don't realize how much you miss Mm. that sort of the camaraderie, obviously, 
the but all of the beats are the same the banter is the same yeah. the the sort of the back and forth and you know guys getting it's just it's a it's a thing right guys yeah. and girls getting together you're talking about the same stuff before the game you're talking about the same stuff after the game but it's like this this piece of the puzzle that was missing in it. and I remember scratching my head after after the first couple of skates back and being like man like why did I wait for <laughs> 10 12 years to come back to this mm-hmm. and and you know kind of kicking myself and but yeah it's it's interesting you know in thinking about this too um like the modern day locker room uh mixtape it is my son and i we play hockey video games and like the soundtracks to them and you can see how they have crafted playlists to try and replicate that as well right lots of sort of fast lots of punk lots of stuff that is recognizable and uh but but none of it has the same sort of staying power and i you know any of those songs that that I listed today, I hear them, and it's like you think for a minute somewhere back in the recesses here, right? It's like, oh yeah, nine ninety three, ninety four, Carmen Cougars. That was a good. That was a good year. I remember making that that mixtape, and the manual fades with the knob, and, and oh, trying wow, to get nice. it just, yeah. just right. That's a lost art, the making of the mixtape, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for tuning in to episode 10, season 3 of Talking Hockey. The Sharpie, uh, Patrick Sharp. And, uh, yeah, keep your stick on the ice. Don't forget to check your lie and, um, you know, give 110 pucks deep, quick shifts. Here we go. This is Propagandy. Publicly subsidized, privately profitable, the anthem of the upper-tier puppeteer, untouchable, focus a moment, not in approval, bury our heads in the barcodes of these neo-colonials.